Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. I'm not going to be satiated at all by nicotine. I'm just going to be panicky and worried and running around crazier. What three wrestling matches would you watch if you were stranded on a desert island? This is what I'm asking wrestling's best. In the ring, around the ring, behind the scenes, or behind a microphone. I'm Tom Campbell. Thank you for joining me on Cultaholic Island for another episode of Desert Island Graps. It's my brunch. It's Effie's Big Gay Brunch. I'm Effie. It's going to be bigger, gayer, and brunchier than you can imagine. Everybody stop telling me how to run a wrestling show. I'm running the wrestling show, and I'm going to show you what's actually working in the year 2020. Not your old hacky bullshit. Effie's bullshit. Effie's big gay bullshit. Effie's big gay brunch. April 4th. 2020, 11 a.m. in the morning. I know you'll be hungover, but we will have lots of booze if that's your thing. Effie, how you doing? I am excited and nervous. I haven't wrestled a match in 2020 yet. I start Friday, so I'm, I've kind of taken a two-week period to think about my life and become rested. And during that time, I've gone, oh no, what have I done to myself? <laughs> if I don't just keep doing this constantly, I might not go out and do it again. Did you completely come to a, a halt over Christmas then? Absolutely. I just like, and it wasn't even, I, I'm in this weird position now where like, I just have to turn away work. And I'm looking at my boyfriend going, I hate turning down work and matches, but I also need to like lay on the couch and be a piece of crap for a little while. <laughs> we all need to just do that over Christmas. I think it's important, but then it's, yes. it's remembering to get back up and stop being a piece of crap that I think a lot of people struggle with. <laughs> Yeah, I mean it's it's fun to be a piece of crap, so I can see how you'd get addicted to that cycle. But we're gonna get we're getting back to it. My January's popping. We're all over the place. Uh, I have to ask as well before we go any further. How is Cranberry today? She's wonderful. So I bought her a new bed for Christmas, so she'd stop having to sleep in the bed with us because oh. she'll whine all night if she doesn't. She seems to like it. She's doing really well. She's also on a new fitness plan because uh, my boyfriend thinks she gained two pounds, and he doesn't think that's acceptable. So we're bringing her out to jog with us now. Oh, and how is she finding the jogging? She loves it up until a certain point. Like she can do three or four laps and then she starts looking at you like, I don't think I need to be out here any longer. <laughs> Why are we doing this still? This should have literally been to yeah. the door and back. Why are we still running? <laughs> This is madness. Feed me more treats. Yeah, can what we go this? back to last week where we all had too much food? That would be nice. We have a pretty similar view on exercise, me and Cranberry, where it's like, <laughs> we'll do what we have to, but let's not overdo this thing. I've seen so much love for Cranberry uh, coming to shows as well. I think a lot of people love yes. to see Cranberry. 
So she's come to two shows so far, and she's been a big hit. And luckily, she's really good with people. The only time she got a little nervous, I did my entrance with her, and she walked through the curtain and then saw everyone and then just decided she was going to go hang out with some kids. So I couldn't really change her mind. I said, you're in charge of my dog now. Good luck. (laughs) And they looked after the dog for the whole match. Oh, yeah, for sure. And then gave her right back to me. It was fantastic. Have you had a chance yet to hang out with, with Solo Darling and Officer Magnum? Oh, I absolutely have. And Solo has two dogs now. They rescued another dog, and I'm forgetting the name of this dog. But I got to hang out with both of them at one of the Beyond shows, and it was awesome. And Solo makes costumes for these dogs and has offered to make a costume for Cranberry, but my laziness hasn't allowed me to measure her fully yet. (laughs) So I'm hoping there's a collaboration down the line, and maybe we start some, some sort of puppy shield and take over the Indies with just dogs. Oh, my days. That'd be incredible. Please make that a thing. We, is there, is, we, oh, so there's you. Is there another... I'm just fantasy booking now, Effie. Bear with. Is there another um, wrestler that has a dog? Because <laughs> we need three. Well, obviously, Cody Rhodes can bring Pharaoh, but I Cody think Pharaoh's Pharaoh. already let his weakness be known. You know, as a wrestler, you're not supposed to let anybody know your weakness, <laughs> but it seems that fireworks and pyro are the weakness, and I think, you know, Cranberry already knows that. It's a guaranteed victory. Oh, see, you were thinking triple threat match. I was thinking King of Trios. <laughs> oh, that them, could be fun. Them bad boys in the King of Trios would be amazing. But anyway, <laughs> we're here to talk about your wrestling as opposed to Cranberries. Cranberry, we can do an episode with another time. Um, oh, of course. That'd be amazing. So what we're doing, Effie, is we're sending you onto a desert island. And when you're on that island, we're gonna before you go, we're going to burn a DVD with three of your favorite wrestling matches to watch over and over and over again. Uh, so we're going to go through what your three matches would be and why. So what would your first match be, Effie? Okay, so this is really fun because a lot of times the way I view wrestling, if it makes me laugh the whole time, I want to rewatch it. So sometimes it's not always those like, you know, 60 minute Okada barn burner matches that I would go back and rewatch again. And a lot of times um, if I'm watching matches online, like I'm looking for weird, uh, strange things. But this particular match that I'm going to start with is actually a match that I only started liking once I became a wrestler because it is the definition of two guys who are a little past their prime just calling it in the back and saying, brother, I'll see you out there and we'll see what we can do out there. And to me, it is so hilarious every time to watch it because you can tell it's the most like Memphis half put together. We'll just figure it out when we get there. We know the finish. And that would be Undertaker versus Hulk Hogan at Judgment Day 2002. Wow. It is the funniest match I've ever seen. Now, obviously, people go to the Shawn Michaels match where he super bumped for Hulk Hogan, and that's its own kind of comedy. But the match between Taker and Hogan here, like the first time Taker went over Hogan and beat him for the belt, that was a really big moment. Taker was really young. But in 2002, we're looking at a Hulk Hogan that's still trying really hard, and we're looking at an Undertaker who is doing his biker gimmick, which to me is the only valid Undertaker, and that's a longer discussion to get into. But as you're watching this match, if you pulled it up, it, I can hear them calling it in my head, which is, we'll go to the ring, I'll beat you with my belt, then you take the belt and beat me with it, then we'll go to the outside and beat each other up a little bit, then we'll sell, and then I'll do my comeback, and we'll trade finishers. And it's the most, like... You know, people talk about 40-milers in wrestling, which are these guys who they've only wrestled shows within this 40-mile radius, and they're really hot in their little zones, but they've never gone out. And they always main event with these long matches that go too far, and you can tell they should have 
planned it a little better. And to me, this is two guys at the top of their game in the biggest company in the world having one of those 40-miler matches that is hilarious to me as a wrestler because I see it now, but as a fan watching it when I was 12, 13 years old, I just thought, oh, man, they're really going at it. In reality, it's one of the laziest matches I've ever seen. Hulk Hogan can't even bump for the choke slam. And to me, I'm going to need that laugh on the desert island. And this is one of the funniest matches around. I I remember this show. And the one thing that I'm glad you said is the choke slam finish. Because, oh. wow. It was it, that. And if, from, from, if memory serves, that was the second attempt. Like they started to go oh, it for was. it. And then they went, oh, no, let's hang on. Let's reset and start again. So that was the better effort. Hang on, brother. I got I got to prep for this one. <laughs> I mean, just catch my breath. Um, so where was where were you when you were watching that first time round? Oh, I mean, originally I was a weird little 12 year old who also liked watching smackdown on upn and i could tune into the first hour of raw because my bedtime was 10 o'clock so i could see part of raw i could always see smackdown and i just remember sneaking and watching these weird pay-per-views after they had happened because that's the, that's the only way you're really going to see them. you had to see them at a friend's house or see them with someone else and at the time you know biker taker was cool to me he still is pretty cool to me he never lost at wrestlemania the dead man lost but as a child you kind of look at this and it's fun to look back and go Boy, I was kind of foolish, but but that's what we all you know need to keep in mind is that the people who are watching this aren't as in tune to every little nuance that they think they are. And especially like just kids watching this match, they probably thought Hulk Hogan versus Undertaker was so cool. And I watch it now and it's just a constant laugh track for me. I think we're all quite guilty, aren't we, of living in the wrestling bubble a bit too much. Yeah, and I think but that's the new kayfabe, right? Like so the the first kayfabe is the fans are in on it now. They know it's a work, right? They've beat that level. And then the second kayfabe is the wrestlers who think they know how to work fans who know what's going on. But the third kayfabe is when we can really just work everybody. And if I can work you from behind the curtain to when I go out of the curtain during the match and after, that's the real kayfabe I'm looking for now. And it's kind of the only thing we have left is that tiny little shred of was, was he real about any of that? Or was that all a, a show or was that the real person? That's the kayfabe I kind of have to live in at this point. The 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 work that you do in the ring is is so stand out from the like as you say from the moment you walk out to getting in the ring and going back there again. Um, would you say? And and I've 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 read a few interviews and chats that you've done um, with regards to your wrestling life and stuff. Mm-hmm. Would you say? Would you say that wrestling changed your life? Would I would say, say wrestling. wrestling- amplified my life because people who have known me forever when i was a drunk 19 year old or when i was in high school i was always someone said a wrestler in the united states who is a big lgbtq wrestler who's running their own show in washington dc in march named billy dixon said the first time he met me he said effie you're a stunt and in the gay community you know pulling a stunt is just showing off or or doing something flippant or doing something you know will garner a reaction and i was like billy you're right i am a stunt like behind it i can wrestle but the idea of having this this stunt uh, uh, to yourself has always uh, been something i've gone for so like you know in high school i was playing in bands in college i was i had a rap career that i hope no one ever discovers what? um you Hang know on, and then we need to talk once... about this rap career <laughs> yeah well we were uh I, we would perform with a live band and we would perform very drunk and 
it was very performance art in the way that it was in your face and we were doing crazy stuff. I ate an American flag one time and a guy tried to fight me in a bar. It was insane. But, you know, when I got sober in 2013 and started putting this wrestling together and finally had an avenue where I was fully focused on one thing and I found that wrestling was that thing where I could kind of do anything I wanted in the in the name or vein of wrestling and I got a lot of satisfaction from that. So I think being in the wrestling world, having a spotlight on me and being able to, I've kind of shown that I come up with weird ideas, let's roll with it. Being able to do that and follow through the process has been more rewarding than anything else I've ever had in my life. Who would you cite as, um, as people that you would look to uh, as somebody in the LGBTQ community getting into wrestling? You mentioned Billy Dixon in Washington just now. Absolutely. And I, and I, you know, I consider Billy a peer and we had a big gay street fight in New York at WrestleMania last year. And that was really fun. Um, I think one of the problems with citing people is once you sort of get to a certain level, these people kind of start letting you down a little bit. Um, not necessarily all of them. You know, my dad was a really big, uh, Jim Crockett promotions, NWA fan. So I was always watching the four horsemen and Rick and, uh, Magnum and dusty in the house he would never fill me in on the kayfabe. So I think underneath, I'm still this kind of Southern, you know, style wrestler, but I flare it up a lot. Um, you know, meeting Adrian Street was one of those where you where you look at this person who had this career and could play off the ambiguity and could play off having Linda out there and could really play up the gay, but still kind of hide behind things. Um, he was a big inspiration, but he's not somebody who I personally would want to be around now. And finding that line between people who have inspired you and maybe personally they're not the best person to be around, you have to separate the art from the artist 100%. Um, one of the things you're you're back you're back at WrestleMania weekend uh, this year uh, a slightly bigger deal than a big gay street fight it's Effie's big gay brunch and there is a big part of this show that I think we need to address we need to address the elephant in the room with this Effie I think we need to do it straight away it is in fact a brunch so yes and this, <laughs> I'm actually going to put together an informational pamphlet because I think people are still confused so we are doing what's included in a lot of the first second row tickets. Uh, the VIP tickets, the brunch is already included. It starts at 930 before the show. We're going to hang out, do meet and greets, have drag performers, have time to come hang out with my dog if you want. And that's also a separate ticket you can buy. But then you can also just get a general admission ticket at 11, the wrestling spectacular, I'm calling it, because I don't want to call it just a wrestling show. It's a lot more than that. Um, starts at 11. It's going to be streamed live. It's going to be a show. But if you want to come for that early part, get some breakfast, try to kill that hangover before the show starts. Come be uh, living with a lack of sleep with the rest of us, because I'm sure I'm not going to sleep any that week. Come do that. 930, we're having the real brunch. And then the show itself is also called Effie's Big Gay Brunch. And it is a full card wrestling show that is going to be as ridiculous as I can make it. Um, we've seen a few of the names announced. It was a, as a wrestling fan, it was great to see Cameron's name popping up. Right. And this is one of those that like, okay, I knew it would garner a reaction when I announced it. And luckily her and her team have been so wonderful. I can't get into too many details because it'll give away who she's working with, which I'm really excited about. Uh, but she was so gracious and she's been working so hard. She's been training in Southern California. She's got a new single coming out. It felt like the right time to make that jump back to wrestling. And I hope 
that she finds a passion for it again. Because when I look at someone like Cameron, when she was in WWE, a lot of the indie girls were coming in at the same time. The performance center was getting bigger at the same time. And she was brought in as kind of eye candy. I mean, she was with Brodus Clay originally with Naomi being the Funkadactyls. She eventually worked into some of the singles competition, but I don't think she ever got the full fair shake. You know, I think if they would have pulled her for six months and taken her into the, the performance center, she could have been performing at that top level with everyone else. But now she has a chance to come back and go, hey, I'm more than what I did in WWE. I was a little bit uh, chained down there. And now I can be the true Ariana Andrew and be myself and wrestle again and show the world what I'm capable of. So the buzz before the match is great, but the buzz after the match, I think it's going to be huge. And we're going to be looking at somebody who's going to be a mainstay back in the wrestling world. Wow, I'm I'm excited for it. And uh, Cranberry's opponent hasn't been announced yet, but I'm assuming it's going to be no, a big one. <laughs> Cranberry might bail on actually fighting. No, um, but typical. while we're on the subject, I just have to like pat myself on the back a little bit because working with GCW, we convinced Razor Ramon Hardgate to come out of retirement, which some people are really familiar with Razor Ramon Hardgate. Some people are not, but I think they're going to have their minds blown when they see the original, the real Razor Ramon Hardgate in Tampa, Florida. I'm already freaking out over it. I'm fanboying over the show I'm booking. That I was going to bring up this as well because um, Razor, yeah, because Razor Ramon Hardgate, I, I wasn't aware, I assumed he'd retired because it was a long he while did. ago since I last heard from him. Yeah, I think his last match, he did a, a one-off in 20, 2009, uh, so about 10 years ago. And then I think he might have done a one-off earlier in the year, but his career has kind of changed. I won't go into too much detail. He became a bigger uh, regular comedian in Japan and kind of put this character behind him. But why not bring it back out for the big gay brunch? And uh, he was in full agreement, and I'm, I'm super pumped on that. How did the conversation come about between you and Razor Ramon Hardgay? I'll tell you this. So... For whatever reason, uh, the GCW staff has some real tight interconnections, which if you looked at some of their previous cards, you can probably guess. And I think the Japanese business side of wrestling, they see that GCW does good business. GCW takes care of their performers. GCW makes sure that everything is handled. And when they see that professionalism, they're more willing to jump out and take the risk of coming over to America for a show or coming over for a set of shows because they expect professionalism for their wrestlers. And GCW gives professionalism backstage to the wrestlers. Yeah, they're an outlaw, crazy mud show, wild, hardcore place but they've been nothing but wonderful taking care of every performer I've seen come through there. Very glad the conversation has happened, and I'm very glad the trust is there. I'm excited to see from the show. Uh, match two, let's move on to, on your DVD. Yes. So we've we've got um, Hulk Hogan and The Undertaker in a, as you say, an old boy Memphis classic. Uh, yes. What's your second match going to be, Effie? Okay, my second match is Goldust versus Piper at Mania 12 in oh. the Backlot Brawl. Because this match, to me, is everything I like about wrestling. Not everything that we like about wrestling takes place between the ropes or in the ring always. There are so many instances I can look back to wrestling shows and, and wrestling TV shows, and I pinpoint these moments, and they're not always even in matches or in regular matches. And I've done a lot of no-ring death matches over the last year, so this kind of falls into that category of a veteran like Piper coming in and working with a newer guy for WWE in Gold Dust. Not only is it no-ring, not only is it all over town during this show, it's also an opportunity for Gold Dust to show off all that gayness, to really bring that to the forefront. And uh, 
knowing at the time that people were nervous to work with Goldust because of the gimmick, seeing someone like Piper step up and make it feel like a big deal, it was always just such a fun match to watch, and I'm not going to turn it off if it's on TV. I enjoyed the bit where they used the O.J. Simpson footage. <laughs> of course. <laughs> because that's what you Which do. is another wrestling thing, which is skewing pop culture. I mean, it. if you look at what is exciting about wrestling and what is exciting about what happens in wrestling, maybe it doesn't have the suplexes you expected. Maybe it doesn't have the rest holds you expected. But it has this skew on pop culture and this crazy use of the backstage and these characters that are so over the top. Like, it's all the good things to me that about wrestling. So how old would you have been when that match first aired? Oh, I was uh, probably four, <laughs> maybe five, I think. What year did you so discover wrestling? very young. Now, I started watching wrestling. I'll tell you that my first memory of wrestling, I was probably a, a, a little bit older than this, maybe seven, eight years old. And I was hanging out with the neighborhood kids, and NWO was all the rage right then. And I legitimately thought they were a gang. And I was like, are people not calling the police? These guys are running amok. This is insane. I better download pictures of their South Park characters. That was sort of my first run of just like not understanding kayfabe and thinking these people were really attacking people. Like, why isn't WCW doing something about this? Why isn't Sting stepping in? Um, and I, I want to have that same kayfabe today where I can see things and just let myself sort of fall into the the storyline they've created for me not try to pick it apart not try to fall apart but unfortunately there's a lot of things to pick apart nowadays so and there's a lot of platforms in which it does get picked apart i think uh, yeah and, and and a lot of people who are very outspoken about it one person whenever uh, video clips of, of wrestling being at its best inherently nonsense uh, there is always people that are tagging guys like jim Cornette to say oh look at this look how wrestling's fallen away um what do you say to people like that who may come at you for the, the style of wrestling that you may do or, or or a style of wrestling that you may enjoy? Well, I've kind of alluded to this before, but one thing I've really found over the past year or two is I, I really find satisfaction in being able to fulfill my role on the show. And sometimes my role on the show is like a seven-minute comedy match. And you leave the ring and you go, well, I'm not completely out of breath. I'm not completely sore. Everybody seemed to like it. I only wrestled for seven minutes. Some people would say, well, I wanted to get more of my stuff in. I would say, no, I fulfilled my role on the show. This is what my match needed to be on this show. It might be different on another show. So when people are coming and saying, oh, you know, he's doing all this goofy stuff or he's doing this over-the-top gay stuff or he's doing stuff that's not very serious – it's not because I can't do the other stuff. It's because this is what's going to be the most entertaining to the fans. And this is what's going to make the most sense to make this card flow. Okay. And if people want to hate on that, then let them hate on that. But I know I've added to the show and I've brought something that wasn't in the other matches. And that's the reason I was brought there. So you don't have to like everything. Not everything is for you, but there's a reason that certain things happen during a show the way they do. And the people who are complaining, usually if you put together a show of what they want, they'd probably be bored by the intermission because it'd all be the same thing over and over. But as you say, you've had uh, both comedy matches and you've had uh, um, quote-unquote uh, legit matches. I use that very quote-unquote, but I hope you see, I hope you <laughs> catch my drift with that. I hope you quote... Um, yeah. Uh, favorite person to wrestle comedy match, favorite person to wrestle otherwise. And this will lead into my third match. Oh, excellent. The person that I have had the greatest time with this year has been one Orange Cassidy, which I know everybody's talking about him. But Mr. Orange Cassidy is what I'm going to call him here. 
we had a match in July and it was my first match for GCW, which seems like a lifetime ago, but really it's like six or seven months ago. And we had so much fun calling it. And since then we've been involved in tag matches. We've been involved in weird four ways. We've done all these matches together and he's someone that I can bounce these ideas off. And if it makes us laugh, we know it'll work. And you know, having that person there who's willing to say to you, hey, do you think this will work? And I can push the back same back on them and say, hey, do you think this will work? And not ever being um, sort of egotistical about people offering advice or or willing to make your stuff better has been awesome. And it's someone who we need that sort of relaxed position. I mean, the guys relax backstage, too. And that's been so great because I'm always on edge. So maybe there's sort of a yin yang that works there. But he's been someone who I've had a really great year with a really good time with and someone who's always been there to help or push each other to figure out what the best option is here. I, I've been really enjoying people who have got behind him. I was listening to Mark Henry pushing Orange Cassidy recently, and it was a very strange conversation to hear um, Mark Henry saying AEW needs to get behind Orange Cassidy and make him the man. And I love it. I love I love how open we are with someone like an Orange Cassidy, like a, somebody like Orange Cassidy, who in another time would have been sort of relegated to a, a smaller promotion, now has a mainstream showcase for the, the wonderful style that he does. Yes, and I will say this. Orange Cassidy, and I know you probably know this, Orange Cassidy has shown 1% of what he can do. Oh, yeah. The man is an unbelievable wrestler. And you can believe me or not, but I'm going to tell you right now. When they finally put the rocket on him, and he is the biggest star in the world, and they're asking him to be in uh, uh, Fast and Furious 11, and he's co-starring alongside The Rock, and we can't figure out how this is the biggest person alive, you're going to look back and say, we knew this all along. Um, And to me, this is a bigger conversation, but... When I look back at the 80s, what was hot? It was patriotism and being healthy and being strong. And it was Hulk Hogan, take your vitamins and say your prayers. He's the biggest star in the world. And it reflected the public culture. And in the 90s, you had Stone Cold Steve Austin saying, screw you, screw my boss. I'm going to beat up who I want. And there was that very 90s counterculture that was kind of everywhere, which was we're bad now. We don't have to follow the rules. We don't have to salute the fly. We can do whatever we want. We can drink beer and flick you off. And that reflected that bigger culture. And so now when I look at like obviously a John Cena there's there's something to be said about the culture, but also what he kind of highlighted was the split in the wrestling culture because it was always let's go Cena Cena sucks. That's the big look there. But when I look across people who are wrestling fans now and I look at Orange Cassidy in the world, unfortunately, there is a great bit of apathy to everything, because if you look at the negative, Australia's on fire. We're attacking terrorists overseas. We're causing further conflict. Our president is a dunce. If you look at all this and you focus on the negative, it's very hard to not just go, well, whatever. It's all bad everywhere. Well, whatever. And that well, whatever attitude is something that people in the mainstream can get behind because it's very prevalent to today's crowds and society. And so I think when Orange Cassidy hits, it's not just going to be a hit where it's a little bit of a bigger view for AEW. I think it's going to be a hit that is a mainstream massive hit. Orange Cassidy on Jimmy Fallon, Orange Cassidy appearing in movies, Orange Cassidy on the red carpet. I don't think they understand the amount of money they can make in this position. And I don't even know if Orange Cassidy understands it. I joke with them all the time and say, I'm writing a thesis on you because you're the you're going to be the biggest wrestling star in the world. And they may not even remember you wrestle. And just don't forget me when you get to that level because it is coming.
Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. The other thing that you are allowed to bring with you on the island, and I like to spring this on uh, on island guests, is um, a movie and <laughs> A movie, an album, and a luxury item. So you're allowed to bring with... Now, it doesn't necessarily have to be the best movie ever. I always say to people, don't say Shawshank Redemption, unless you really like Shawshank Redemption. You know, it's a, think of it as a movie that you're happy to watch over and over and over again if needed, or a movie that will always make you smile. Same with an yeah, album. Yeah, so this is easy, because it is Walk Hard, The Dewey Cox Story, starring John C. Riley. Excellent, excellent. Why I have one? never turned that movie on. I quote it constantly. And to me, being a part in my own little way of show business, it is such a funny look at how we sort of put our careers in this snow globe that we want to look at. I mean, the whole premise of the movie is Dewey Cox has to think about his whole life before he performs. And basically the movie is us watching him think about his whole life before he goes on stage at the end and performs and then dies. So... I love the concept of this movie. Working somewhat in the music industry, a lot of that stuff hits. But working in any part of entertainment, all these characters, all these situations, all this stuff, you can look at it and say it's ridiculous. But it's such a funny, truthful play on what really happens in these rock and rollers' lives. It's a really wonderful film. I'm a big fan of that. Um, How about an album? Okay, uh, this is going to be... A little more white boy indie than probably people wanted. (laughs) But my favorite album of all time is Contra by Vampire Weekend. Um, And I love it because the last track, I think you're a Contra. It's sort of it sort of is this take on you told me you were going to be this punk with me. You told me you wanted this life. You told me you didn't mind living a little bit down so that we could be these performers or be these artists And now I'm learning that that's not really what you want. And not to get too sappy here, but like I've lost a lot of friends over the years, not lost necessarily, but lost touch with because this life is demanding. When you're out on the road, when you're doing these three, four day shots and then you're getting home and you've got to go back and you've got to do laundry and you've got to get yourself ready to go again. If those people around you aren't with it, they're going to fall by the wayside. And there's sort of a an attitude of and that's okay. 
that comes with that song because you still got to do what you got to do. You are the contra. You're against the grain. Not everyone's going to be there with you. We can be sad that they're not there, but we also have to kind of look at it and say, and yet we roll on. That's 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 really quite um that's quite that's quite profound that is um I'm I, 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 no no it's no it's nice because I've never heard that song before explained in that way and that's exactly what it is. It is and it, yeah. it hits me every time and it's also the exact length of time when that album came out that it took me to drive from my friend's house back to my house so I would always put that song on and I would be probably a little too stoned at the time um, but it was always wonderful. And you resonate with it, as you say, because like the, the the life on the road is grueling, especially when you're in, in a situation where you're just taking many bookings and you're all over the place. Because uh, you, well, you, and you're experiencing that now. I am, and even more than ever. I mean, even two, three years ago, it was okay. I'm going to drive two hours to this show, and I'll be home by two a.m., and that's fine. And now it's literally how how far can I push my time? I measure my weekends in how far I go or how fast I go per hour, which sounds crazy. Um, like I did a, a weekend recently where I, from the moment I left my house to the moment I got back to my house, I was going 53 miles an hour. So that's flying, that's driving, that's walking, that's existing. If you average out the distance I traveled, I was going 53 miles an hour at all times during that weekend. I had my, my record is 83 miles an hour. So that was a day where I did, uh, Oakland, California, Friday, Jacksonville, Florida, Saturday, and Chicago Sunday. 83 miles an hour for the whole time I was gone from my house. Now, um, I say this to say when we're on the road and we're in airports and we're sitting around, there are a lot of days where like I'll get to the show at like hour 12 of my day. And that's the first time I've legitimately had a conversation with someone. So having to switch between being sort of just a traveler on the road who is quiet all the time and turn it into now I'm the performer, turn it on real fast. You're here. Let's go. It's, hard it's crazy it is grueling um but it's all worth it in the end i mean i did the math the other day and i i pissed a couple wrestlers off by even talking about the math i was up from the moment i got up in the morning to the moment i went to bed that night it was 26 hours my match that day was 12 minutes it made up 0.06 percent of or 0.6 percent of my whole day the match the payment what i'm actually there for was 0.6 percent of my day not even a one full percent and that blew my mind and kind of reminded me that, like, hey, even if you're in the airport, even if you're just hanging out, even if you're catching a nap, try to enjoy yourself because the part that you enjoy the most is not even a full percent of your whole day. Pay attention to the rest of it while you're traveling, even if it's just for a moment that you get to experience these things. Uh, how do you um, how do you function? Obviously, you've talked about um, about about your boyfriend and obviously you've got cranberry. How do you manage the work life balance? <laughs> it's insane. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I'm currently going through that mental thing where I'm going, I probably can't keep up with this full-time job right now. I run a business. It's grueling. I probably work there 50 hours a week, and then I leave and go wrestle. And I've worked here long enough to where I have a lot of days off, so I can take a Friday and a Monday. But when you sort of look at, okay, I haven't had a single day off in three months. Maybe I should sleep in one day. Oh, I can't until this day. It does feel a little trappy and it does. You do feel a little stuck because you go, when am I just going to have a second to sit? And those seconds to sit come at times where you can't really get anything else done. Anyway, I'm sitting in an airport. I'm sitting in a venue, sitting in a car. Um, they're not in times where it's, Hey, there's nothing going on. You can just sit here for a second. I make as much time as I can for AJ and Cranberry, but 
AJ has been very, very understanding. And he says, look, now is the time when you need to be out. I know you're going to be at work. I know you're going to be gone on the weekends. We have this beautiful system that we have worked out together. And sometimes it's frustrating, but he's been nothing but wonderful. And he has, he's been with me since I've been a wrestler. So he understands it at this point. He'll occasionally go to a show, but he's like, I can't sit through four hours of wrestling just to see you. So he's been great. That's wonderful when you've got somebody who who gets it. That's that's a very special. He gets it, you know. And you just the thing is, there's always the constant fear in the back of your head of, well, when's he going to stop getting it? And I hope that day doesn't come. But we're we're very serious. We've been dating four years. We're talking about making it legal so our taxes are better. Um, So, (laughs) oh, it's so romantic. He said to me yesterday, he goes, let's just go get married right now at the courthouse. I was like, let me at least be romantic in the proposal, like at minimum. <laughs> That's that is. the And I'd, I'd like to think you would you would write some like some sort of proposal that would tie in the tax thing. Like, will you will you make better financial decisions with me for the rest of our lives together? <laughs> no, no. I'm sure he would enjoy that. <laughs> I forgot to tell you my luxury item. Yes, yeah, so we're getting onto that right now. Your luxury item. We got distracted by Vampire Weekend. Uh, oh, I love them. Oh, hit us with your luxury item, Effie. Okay, it's this is a fantasy at this point. They took my jewel pods, so I just want a working jewel with pods that actually work. And I'm really addicted to nicotine, and I can't help it. And now I've had to move over to these like they they stopped selling jewel pods altogether in the U.S. because somebody died from a bad thc i it doesn't make sense why they did it but they got rid of them and so now i'm over here like sucking on nicotine lozenges i still have a real problem the only thing i crave every day when i wake up is that my jewel will be there full of mint pods and it's just not going to happen and i have to get over it so a, a jewel's completely gone now then so they'll sell the jewel and they'll sell the tobacco flavored liquid and nobody wants that <laughs> <laughs> Pardon my cough <laughs> as I'm talking about wanting to smoke. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so it's bad. And I mean, it's the tobacco industry bought the company out. So I think they just realized, hey, this is most of our competition. Let's find a way to get rid of it. And they did. And now I'm back on nicotine lozenges and it's just not as good. And I, I'm sad and I've been a little shaky, but it might make me a better performer this year because I'm not going to be satiated at all by nicotine. I'm just going to be panicky and worried and running around crazier you got yeah you got no problems with your lungs but you're just riddled with anxiety instead so that's fine exactly <laughs> what a swap uh we've got one more match for your uh dvd what's your final match effie okay so this is actually a pretty recent match and i've rewatched it a few times and it stands up and i was there live to see it as it happened and it was orange cassidy versus deathmatch legend matt tremont at gcw no sleep which took place in october Uh, This match to me is one of the most fun things I've ever seen live. And when you have a room full of people who know Matt Tremont's history as one of the most violent deathmatch wrestlers to ever step in the ring, and you know Orange Cassidy's history as a very apathetic, silly guy who sticks his hands in his pockets, and you're going, how is this match even going to work? And the moments they created and the amount of – the crowd really supported it, and I think that helps. Um it, it helps tremendously when people are willing to be uh, under the illusion of professional wrestling. And so as they sort of went through this match and the death match stuff was introduced, you sort of found funnier ways of them to use things like a gusset board, to use things like a chair, to use things like at one point, Matt Tremont was pouring 
squeezing orange juice out of a half orange off of a gusset plate into Orange Cassidy's eyes. It was electric. <laughs> so I recommend everybody seek this match out. I know people haven't really seen it. It was one of my favorite things I've ever seen. I think it'll make you even more of a Tremont fan because I'm used to seeing him just soaked in blood. And he held his own using his style in a comedic way that was so entertaining, was so intriguing. And I was sitting there live going, I can't wait to see what happens next. And that's all I can ask for from a wrestling match is I can't wait to see what's going to happen. Uh, we can't wait to see what happens at, be, at the Big Gay Brunch, uh, WrestleMania weekend, Effie. So tell us where we, if people are listening and they're going to be there WrestleMania weekend, where can people get tickets? Yes. So we are making it gayer. So the tickets are available at makeitgayer.eventbrite.com. You can find that all over GCW and my Twitter, my Facebook, my Instagram. I think it is my Instagram bio link right now, so you can click right through and get your tickets. The brunch ticket is separate from the general admission ticket. I have to say this again because people keep doing it. Uh, it even though it says no entry with brunch ticket, even though it says add on to additional ticket, you got to buy a ticket for the show and you can come in for the early brunch. Unless you got VIP tickets, a lot of people already bought those, so I don't know how many are left. Uh, those include the brunch. So check that out we're announcing more stuff all the time i think by the time this show is getting ready to go it's going to be a lot of people going i don't even know what to expect here but let's see what happens and i'm going to give them a good wrestling show i promise oh i'm so excited to see it and where can people go if they want to say uh buy buy some new uh, beard oil from yourself or whether they want to buy uh whether they want to buy a <laughs> ticket to come and see you uh, where can they so find everything about you effie yeah, so I'll, I will plug my – I have my own personal fragrance that I created with Black Phoenix Alchemy Lab. If you go to the Black Phoenix Alchemy Lab website, it is called Daddy by Effie. And I also have a beard oil that is the same scent for anyone with a beard. Uh, I think there are a lot of people in our trans communities who don't have people saying, hey, this is actually for you. It's Beard oils are always sold as this super – dumb masculine product for lumberjacks and the reality is there's a lot more people with beards than you think who wouldn't mind having it softer and more manageable i have a beard oil there that's black phoenix alchemy lab and then i do have a pro wrestling tea store uh pro wrestling tea slash effie lives which also happens to be my twitter and instagram at effie lives it used to be kill effie they couldn't kill me now i live Effie lives. <laughs> Effie, it has been wonderful uh, to welcome you onto the island today. Thank you so much for being on. It's been an absolute pleasure, sir. What a pleasure as well, Tom, and I, I hope we get to chat soon. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. 
for all the wrestling headlines in just 10 minutes. Search Cultaholic Wrestling News on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from. 